Hey, what are we doing today? It's Saturday, John. We do what we always do on Saturday. We're going to do a show. Sounds good. Let's go. Uh, we are the Bro Show. We are actual brothers, same mother, same father. My name's Jerry. My name's John. You can tell our voices are so remarkably different. We are completely different people. Oh, just yeah. So you just say, yeah. Yeah, John's about 20 every years day. older. Yeah, John's about 20 years older than I am. So... It's remarkable. Our mother went through quite a bit. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So we talk about four things every Saturday morning at about eight o'clock. We get together on the phone. I'm in Austin Johnson, Chicago, and we talk about our show. And the four things are we have a tiger story because this is the season of the tiger. Our 11th season. This is the 20th episode. We have a story about a tiger. Number two, we have a mm-hmm. word, some word mm-hmm. that relates to the research we've been doing. Number three, we have two takes. This is a major event of some sort that took place, and we have two different takes on it. Not that we disagree, but we look at things differently because we are different. Last yes. but not least, last but not least, what's the last thing we do, John? Oh, we've got some groaners, some dad jokes, some bad jokes, and we... uh Usually do two mm. of them, and uh, it's it's it's, but it's it's not a competition. It's not a contest. No, it's no. all for fun. It's an exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh boy, that is so dumb. Okay, so hey, what do you got on? You got any clothes on? You got anything about actually? I do, I do. Remarkably so. Yeah, I have uh, the Bro Show T-shirt, the concert. The live oh. event at, at, with the set list on the back. Ooh, that's a pretty wow. good t shirt. Yeah, that's pretty good t shirt. I got two of those. Got two of those. <sighs> How about you? And one of my favorites. Well, I'm, I decided to, to, since the season's coming to a close very quickly, to break out the old season of the Tiger. I hadn't worn it enough. So I'm playing catch okay. up. So I got the season of the Tiger Bro Show shirt with the stamp oh. on it. Uh, oh, yeah. In other words, the Tiger. Face has been taken from the Chinese Lunar New Year stamp. Yep, something like that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, hey, sounds like you're you're all ready to go. Do we have a sponsor? This we do way. have a sponsor. Our sponsor is Big Cat Rescue, and Big Cat Rescue is a sanctuary for animals for uh, big cats. They have uh, well over fifty of them down uh, fifty miles north of Tampa, and their mission is to provide the best doggone home they can for these wonderful animals in their care and also to speak out about the abuse that's going on with big cats and also to promote the uh, the, the, the the continued work on making sure that these animals continue to exist and that they don't become endangered species so it's a good organization mm-hmm. been in existence for 30 years and accredited uh, been rated very well uh, and so and it has got one thing that is near and dear to our hearts. It has got oh, swag. Yeah. It's got some yeah. T-shirts plus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all good. Yeah, very nice. And by the way, John, it's their 30th anniversary. They've is been around 30 really? years now. Yeah, and they have special 30th anniversary gear. We have a link to it in our show notes at the bottom of the show notes. We have all the stuff about Big Cat down there. Be wow. a cool cat and get a Big Cat. That's cute. <laughs> T-shirt. 
<laughs> I think you've just yeah, you could you could just come up with a new slogan for them. Just they should have that slogan for their for their 30th anniversary. <laughs> I think oh, they well. should. I like their logo too. They got a they got a remake and everything for the 30th. It's pretty yeah. cool looking. I like their their new logo. It's nice. Okay, dude. All good. Uh, hey, Tiger story. You know, we're getting towards the end, and and usually we try to do one story where you know we're going to find somebody who's got the nickname Tiger. That might be an athlete, might be, uh, you know, something. And the problem is that we, we could only think of one and we really didn't want to do that one. And that's Tiger Woods. And it's just not appropriate right now because the golf season's over with, et cetera. But this past week, there was a fellow by the name of Tony Clark, who happens to be the head of the labor union. And I looked him up. He's a former ball player. And sure enough, Tony's nickname is Tony the Tiger for the obvious reason that he played for the Detroit Tigers. So that's what we decided to do, was to do a story on Tony. And Tony is an incredible man. He's probably the least known, but one of the most powerful people in terms of baseball, MLB. As we take a look at, you think of the commissioner of baseball, and then number two, you're going to think about the players' representation of their union. Tony is the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players uh, Union, and he does a terrific job. And uh, his background is incredible. Uh, to Tony mm-hmm. first as a, as a physical presence, he's six foot seven. Uh, he has got a baritone voice, so he's got he's got the he's he's got the pipes, he's got the size, but that's just the beginning of what makes him a really an incredible person. His background starts with uh, he's fifty years old, uh, born and raised. He's actually raised in uh, Southern California. And he went to Arizona State. Now, he's 6'7". So he went primarily to become a basketball player. And he was a very good one. Actually, in high school, he averaged over 40, 40 points a game. So highly talented. Wow. Uh, and then what he did while he was there, he, he also played a little bit of baseball, but not that much, about 35 games in high school. He did hurt his back while practicing and realized that maybe basketball doesn't have the is not in his in his long future so he started playing more baseball he actually was drafted in the first round by the tigers and was a when you take a look at his baseball career he was what i would call a good player first baseman played uh, 1500 games hit 250 home runs was on the all-star team once uh mostly for the tigers played for several other teams so he bounced around the league but while he was playing he created a greater presence in the in the clubhouse by being the union representative for the Tigers or for any team that he played for. And when Tony talked in the clubhouse, he didn't say much. But when he talked, everybody listened. And he always said very thoughtful things. He always had a way of calming a situation down. And his idea was to be fair. And so he, he best demonstrated this when I when somebody was all upset about the fact that they were going to put the a ball player was upset that the families of the players were going to be put down the line and not behind the screen. And this this player wrote a, a, a rather, a, you know, very boisterous letter that he was going to send to management. But he decided to run it by Tony. Tony says you got all the good points, but you got to dial it down. Get the the, the the noise out of it. Don't don't make it so contentious. And sure that's enough, right. the, that's that's just his style. So here he is. He's at the end of his uh, career. And because he was so actively involved in the union as a player rep, the, the, the union looked at him and said, Tony, we got a job for you. 
uh, we could basically uh, we want you to be like a liaison between them and sort of be like a deputy director. Well, he did that for a while, but he realized and he said, but this guy could have been on Easy Street. Great voice, good presence on TV. He was made to be a commentator. He could do color on either basketball, baseball, but he uh, mm. and that's what he looked like he was going to do, you know, live the yeah. family life and, and live off his pension and whatever. So yeah. uh, one night, though, he woke up and, his, and he says to his wife, he says, I got to take that job. I got to continue it out working for the union. The head of the union at the time, a Michael, a guy named Michael Weiner, 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 W-E-I-N-E-R. Weiner. Uh, he, Weiner, yeah. Weiner had a brain tumor. He knew mm. that he, he had to transition and, and make some plans for the. And for, sure enough, they all agreed Tony was the man. One more thing I would like to say is the fact that you said, well, mm-hmm. he maybe walks the walk, but the, does he talks the talk? But does he walk the walk? Well, this last year, he proved he is the man when they Ooh. went through the uh, 2022 labor strike, which looked to be very – looked like there was some – at one point there would be no uh, – baseball would be seriously curtailed. And sure enough, the players came out of it strong together got what they wanted and we ended up playing all 162 all the full schedule for the season Ooh. and Tony is responsible for making that all happen to some extent. So there's our man, Tony Clark. Tony the Tiger. Yes, Tony the Tiger. So, wow, good guy. Real Tony the Tiger, yeah. Yeah, this is the real deal. Um and I I, I like this you, guy. It, yeah. He's a he's a class act all the way. So, it was really you know, there's a picture of there's a picture of him in the article that we had in the notes, and uh, I, I look at that picture and I go, well, I feel more calm now. <laughs> you know, he, looks, he looks like a totally reasonable, calm guy. Right? Yeah, he is. And uh, this demonstrates how uh, being fair and, uh, and, and voicing, having a strong argument, but being fair uh, can carry carry a lot of weight. You know, uh, things things with ballplayers were not always so fair, John. There was a lot of injustice in the way ballplayers were treated by their owners. And that kind of led to our word, didn't it? Yeah. Our our word is woke. Uh, Woke is, uh, this is a, I call it a combustible word. It's, 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 it's pretty controversial. (laughs) Uh, I didn't realize that I, I, I kind of woke is the past tense of wake. I mean, come on, what's the big deal? Well, when you take a look at wake, awake is awaken. It means like you are, you are alert. So the this definition that they use now, and it's, it's a real big buzzword, is woke, W-O-K-E, means having an awareness of systemic injustices. Now, the, right. the source of this goes back to black injustice, which was is where it got its start. But since then, it is uh, it is uh, it means a broader uh, meaning, meaning it's just any injustice, whether it be social, economic. Uh, you name it. And so uh, I came up with uh, an example sentence with this word. Perhaps no other word of the moment is so under attack as woke, a word born as a simple yet powerful way of saying be aware and alert of how to how racism is systemic. And I think what's happened to this word is that it's 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 gotten politicized. And as a result, it's polarized. Yep. Because now what it means is if a liberal says it, it's it's supposed to mean like what, what we said. But it, it but it but what a uh, a Republican 
might think or a conservative might say, well, it's just uh, it's just political correctness. It's just performance art. All you're doing is saying you're you're talking the talk, but you're not walking the walk. You're using it as a means by which to to sway opinion, but you're not doing anything. Mm. Sort of like coming up with a slogan, but not backing up without with, with action. So right. uh, it, it's it, it, that's the word. And uh, I d- didn't realize it. But if, if you even to this day, you got to be careful with respect to using it because people, you know, it, it, it pigeonholes you into into a certain category, whether, you know, depending upon how you view it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just found it kind of interesting and didn't realize until I, dummy me, didn't realize how, how combustible or how controversial this word would be. Yeah, I think it it has a long heritage too, didn't it? Come from uh, the blues uh, guitar uh, singer. Yeah, the thirties. Yeah, this is a thirty. Yeah, Lead Belly. belly. Yeah. yeah. So that's mm-hmm. where uh, it, it goes back, and uh, some of the his blues songs had that the we use that word in the frame in that framework. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's uh, boy. Um, so and I think really, as I take a look at it, it it's just become pretty political, and even to the, it, with the midterm elections coming up. I, I looked it up, and there's just a lot of stuff even right now. Is, is the last yeah. week where yep. it's been brought up again. So we'll, we shall yep. see. Yep. Wow. So yeah. Hey, uh, I'm ready for two takes. Are you ready for two takes? Yeah, two takes is a, is 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 one. And you know, this is I'm a little uncomfortable with this because we don't usually kind of you know. Uh, approach things that are too political but this is it has a, a political sense to it to some extent and we've ran into a book the book called a uh, high conflict way to get trapped and how to get out of it and it was written by a woman by the name of amanda ripley and yeah. uh, that and the thing is that we it, there's a couple articles and i and i think the one that you you, you cited uh america must step out of the zombie dance yeah, uh, it, be, it well, it, it's amazing how what this author did is decided to take a look at uh, at, at conflict and to really get a sense of of the essence of what causes it, uh, what we what, what's what are the bad parts about it and what what we can do to 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 eliminate it. And it was came up with some very, very interesting findings. So how do we get out of the this acrimonious polarizing battles such as elections, divorces, gang wars? She looked at all these different types of things. Yeah, she didn't she didn't just look at politics. No. And in fact, it has I haven't we haven't read the book. I haven't. But but it doesn't really it deals with a lot of stuff. And politics is probably just like any other topic she had. I think the most interesting thing she she said to start out with to get started says, first thing, what isn't? It, you know, uh, what we don't want when we have conflict and what we don't want, she comes up with, is we don't want to compromise. We don't want to avoid conflict. But what we want to do is argue in a way that's not so toxic. And the word that's the word word. So good conflict is probably even better than, you know, being palsy wowsies bipartisanship. Uh, as we take a look at politics. So you yeah. need to have the two forces or maybe even more than that. So uh, the problem with, with what, what's high conflict, what, what are some of the, the attributes of that? Yeah. Well, it's when you get that kind of negative uh, feedback loop and you know you start arguing and before you know it, what, what you're arguing about isn't as important as 
you know, the thing, you know, saying things that are belittling to the other person. So you behave in a rather negative way and it gets you starting to talk and saying things that you don't really mean or maybe mistaken or you start even acting like the other person is as if it's a contest of who can get madder than the other kind of way of looking. At yeah, it. it gets into performance art pretty quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so what you're doing is you, you, rather than uh, doing the, the you're more interested in beating up on your opponent, dehumanizing them and yep. you collapse into overstating, embellishing. You get fixated on the win rather than losing sight of what the argument's all about. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so we see this in a variety of ways. Obviously, with the midterm elections, we see more than we can handle is the way I look at it. And I, I thought that what was kind of interesting is that there's some simple things that are going on that, that that actually kind of work a little bit in favor of not getting caught up with this. And one thing is the two party system we have is just yeah. begging for us. It's just like getting in the ring and saying, well, put the gloves on. Let's go at it. Uh, yep, there's only so two parties. There's only two parties. And what we've seen in some states and in some elections is that they use a more. Um, multi-choice or uh, way of doing it so that uh, you have you have this ability to of choice voting so you rank it you rank vote you rank them rather than that and boy the way that that works out is that you then can't necessarily c complain about the supporters of one party because you have to eventually say well we don't want to get too bad because they might rank we want them to rank us too you know yeah. rather than if they're not going to do right. one so it kind of has a way of naturally reducing the toxic effect. And I thought that that uh, that, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and, that might that might be the way forward. You know, it'd be hard to go to a parliamentary system from where we are now, which also yeah. has that effect. But this ranking business right. has a lot of hope and a lot of our places adopting it. Yeah, there are a couple of states that have gone a full boat. Alaska is one of them. So, oh, yeah, wow. that, okay. that would be cool. Kind of cool. And yeah. I think one of the things to reduce the toxic effect is to look beyond the politician and look at the supporters. Uh, ah, what you need to do right. is you need you need to. And what happens when you do that, that brings uh, your ability to if you look at the, what they are in, in them um, and in. And quite often you say, well, what we need to do is get these people in the same room to, and look you know, face to face and start talking to each other. Now, now that's hard to do. I mean, I've talked to people that have actually tried to do that. And uh, and, of course, the people I talk to complain the other side won't get won't come to the room. And, of course, I'm sure the other side would say the same thing about the other. So but I, yeah, I think it's yeah. kind of funny when we look at historically the gross. I mean, the, the, the most glaring and example of this is getting on the same page is military service during a war. <laughs> come on, you're right there yeah, in the foxhole yeah. or whatever. With somebody yep. who might not have the political persuasions, you really begin to understand where they're coming from. So right. I, I, I thought that uh, one and I one of the other things I uh, in the interviews and things that we read, I just like the idea of rather than hollering and screaming, tell stories that are, you know, that give people hope that, you know, that are positive rather than, you know, blasting away at all the bad stuff on the other side. I think when one of the things you brought up and is this whole idea of rules of engagement and not aggression packs, because yeah. it's it, that, that's really important is you've got to have the rules together in order. You got if you're going to con have a conflict, you've got to have some basic rules of what what you're not going to do. And yep. 
And so, you know, you can take a look at those, you know, don't say things that are, the, 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 you know, flaming at people, deflammatory, yep. be, use some civility into your argument and show respect. Some of these are pretty obvious, uh, condemn acts of violence because all violence does is create fear. And that's exactly what we're seeing happening, you know, over the last year. Yep. Yep. Uh, except results with due process. I mean, these are things pretty obvious. Holding leaders accountable for following the rules. And uh, here's one that I thought was cool. I ran into. And I think mm. here's very simple. For every political ad that one person does for each party, they got to do one together. Yeah, that worked really well in Utah. <laughs> they did it in Utah. And it worked. Yeah. And so as a result, you come, you know, you have you 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 have you 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 approach that commonality, the basic foundation upon which is making you there. There you can dummy it down to something at a level which you can agree upon, you know, right. and, and that that can be very important. Oh, it's um, very easy too. we agree. We're going to go by the results of this election. <laughs> That's a start. Right? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I, I agree with you, John. I think I think the the big thing is rules of engagement and then accountability to them. Yeah, because and also being realistic, knowing that someone some rogue person is going to violate the rules of engagement at some point. Yeah. Have a way of dealing with it. That's all. You know, not make a big and, deal out of it and fall apart and go crying to, to the principal. And you know, just it's childish behavior is what it amounts to. And. All these rules of engagement and these simple ideas, as you put it, are, would solve 90% of the problems that we're having right now. It, and why? Because this has been used the world over. And guess who uh, brings them forward and, and helps countries use them? Us. People from the United States do this. We go abroad and help people with conflicts like this. Yet at home, we're suffering yeah. from the same problem and we're not applying our own methods. It's kind of crazy. It is. I, I think the one that I kind of got interested in learning was that we think, well, the candidates are, are the, the key promoters, but it's quite often the social media and the presence yeah. that they have. All they do is fuel the fire as it relates Correct. to this uh, polarization. And I mean, if you take a look at the news stations right now, we you know, we one is you, you can look at them and say, well, that one's Republican or that one's Democrat. I mean, it's, it's pretty yeah. obvious that. And, and, and they're and they're doing the things that are against the rules, the non-aggression rules. They're more interested in beating up and winning rather than uh, engaging in a meaningful discussion. Uh, and so I think they add fuel to the fire, unfortunately. And I think intuitively, I know I know we do. We, we get up in the morning and we no, not not to mention any stations, but we watch a station and watch it for five minutes because we can't we don't feel good about it. It's not it, it, it's no. not meaningful. And we get the hell out so, of there. Yeah, get to, watch Leave It to Beaver, something more meaningful. Yeah. Uh, now you're talking. <laughs> I also think to kind of finish it in, in my regard, thinking about there is always, I think we can all agree upon the fact that we like to keep living, you know, as a, as, yeah. a, as a nation or as safely, individuals. Safely. Safely. Uh, feel comfortable with our stuff. And, and if you take a look at, you know, I, I've always looked at, the people that follow, for example, a, a one party might. What? Why are they doing this? Well, they're in fear of so they're they're losing something, and yeah. a comfortable way that they had been living, and they're suffering from change. Now we all know change has to exist, 
But we need to uh, educate people and also make sure that we represent and do what we can do to give them the basics and deal with it in that regard, rather than thinking about weapons we can use in order to beat up on the other side. So, oh, well, Tony, Tony Clark for president. Yeah, 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 that's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. Dude. Oh, wow. How about a couple? How about a couple groaners? Yeah, I got a couple groaners here. So, here's my first one, and this one's a little, little. It's polit. It's it's actually presidential trivia. Uh, who is the only president not to blame the previous administration for the country's problems? Who is George the Washington. only? Give the guy QP doll. He got that one right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no president before George Washington. <laughs> yeah, you know who the first president is. Oh, that's a yeah. yeah. Okay, here's yeah. my second one. Okay. What's it called when a buffalo celebrates its 100th birthday? What's it okay. called? It's a bicentennial. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> Give you a QP doll. That's excellent. Yeah, that one I like. That I give full, full credit. I did mention it earlier. Vince, our, our wonderful contributor, uh, Doc Coach, Vincent Lauder, Lauder Jr., gave us that, uh, that that last groaner, and I totally applaud it. Uh, he gets a thumbs up plus. 